You're listening to Comedy Central. February 19, 2019. From Comedy Central's World News Headquarters in New York, this is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. star and an activist for democracy in his native Turpy, Turkey. Uh, and there's Kanta is joining us, everybody. <laughs> also on the show, your weave is now legally protected, Bernie is back and older than ever, and the Jesse Smollett story gets even weirder. But first, let's catch up on today's headlines. <laughs> ISIS. Now that the dreadful terrorist organization has been almost completely defeated in Syria, I think we can all admit that that's a pretty cool flag. I mean, I'm not saying I would join (laughs) just because of that, but I'd look at the brochure. I'm just saying now that they're gone, like, we can talk about this, right? (laughs) Anyway, hundreds of ISIS members have been rounded up as prisoners of war, and now there's a new battle over who has to deal with them. President Trump is calling on European nations to take in hundreds of ISIS fighters who've been captured in Syria and put them on trial. He's warning more than 800 prisoners could make their way to Europe as ISIS is ready to fall. And if they're not tried in Europe, the president claims the alternative would be to release them. The alternative would be to release them? (laughs) You know what's weird about Trump is that I think he's really good at identifying problems, but his solutions are genuinely the worst. (laughs) Because he is right. The U.S. can't keep prisoners of war detained forever, but the solution can't be to just let them go. What do we do with them? All right, ISIS, you fly free now. (laughs) Like, he does this all the time. He identifies the problem, and then his solution is crazy. Illegal immigration is a problem. Build a wall, horrible solution. (laughs) The fossil fuel industry is declining with the jobs. Yeah, but force people to use coal, horrible solution. (laughs) My marriage is struggling. I know, I'll f*** a porn star. Horrible solution. (laughs) Moving on. Discrimination. It can take many forms. It can be blatant, you know, a restaurant refusing to serve you because of the color of your skin, or it can be subtle, a restaurant refusing to serve you because you forgot to put on pants. (laughs) It was a busy day, I got distracted, okay? (laughs) I'm sorry, Denny's. (laughs) But now New York City is taking aim at a form of discrimination that is truly insidious. New York City is taking a stand against hairstyle discrimination. Employers can no longer ban natural hair or ethnic hairstyles. That's under groundbreaking new guidelines by the city's Human Rights Commission. They say the change was largely prompted by negative stereotypes that hairstyles like afros, braids, or dreadlocks are unprofessional. Yes, finally. <laughs> finally. This is great news. Because white people may not know this, you may not be aware of this, but there are a lot of employers who would refuse to hire or promote black workers because their natural hair is seen as unprofessional. Yeah, and because of this, many black people are held back. You know, like Questlove. He actually wanted to be an accountant. Yes. (laughs) But because of his afro, this poor man was forced to become a rock star. That's not his dream. He wants to balance checks. So this is a great law, you know, no more discrimination based on hair. Although I do think there should be some flexibility. Like, obviously you shouldn't be allowed to discriminate against a black person if they have dreadlocks. 
But if it's a white person with dreadlocks, <laughs> discrimination should be mandatory. <laughs> that should be the law. Like, if a white dude has dreadlocks, it should be forced, like, you should be forced to, like, mock him and kick him out of his job. <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. White dudes with dreadlocks don't have jobs. All right, let's move on. <laughs> let's move on. Finally, this is a weird story. Uh, the lightsaber. It's the second most stroke wand by Star Wars fans. And <laughs> you may mock them, but soon you can mock them at the Olympics. It's now easier for Star Wars fans to act out their fantasies if they're in France, the French Fencing Federation, originally and officially recognizing lightsaber dueling as a competitive sport. That means LED-lit polycarbonate Star Wars replicas have the same status as blades used by Olympic fencers. Oh, hell yeah! <laughs> this is so dope. Are you kidding me? This is fun, lightsaber battles at the Olympics, they're fighting competitively, and to make it more exciting for these professional lightsaber fighters, the winner of the tournament gets to see a boob for the first time. <laughs> yeah! Whoa, 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 whoa. And now I know there's a lot of haters out there that are like, oh, this isn't a real sport, it's just some made up nonsense. Yeah, and you know what? All sports are made up nonsense, <laughs> all right? I don't know if you've seen the Olympics, but it's all made up nonsense. A guy pushes a ball off of his shoulder and they give him a gold medal. What is that, huh? <laughs> That's not a sport. Then another guy's like, what if we put a ball on the end of a chain and swing that around? Yeah, you can have a gold medal too. It's just as ridiculous as lightsabers. I mean, there's that ribbon sport. What is that? Where someone just like was probably playing with their cat. They were just like <laughs> doing that thing and they're like gold medal. It's all ridiculous. <laughs> Moving on. It's only 622 days until the presidential election which doesn't seem too close, but next thing you know, you're gonna blink and it'll only be 612 days away. <laughs> That's right, the home stretch. So let's check in on the Democratic Party campaign with our ongoing segment, World War D. <laughs> Every day, the field of Democratic candidates gets bigger and bigger. And this morning, it didn't just get bigger, it got louder. Bernie is back. Bernie Sanders, the 2016 runner-up, officially entering a crowded field of Democratic candidates for the 2020 presidential nomination. Hi, I'm Bernie Sanders. I'm running for president. Our campaign is about taking on the powerful special interests that dominate our economic and political life. I'm talking about Wall Street, the health insurance companies, the drug companies, the fossil fuel industry, the military-industrial complex, the private prison industry, and the large multinational corporations. Oh, damn. <laughs> Yo, Bernie has entered the race. And did you hear his list of enemies? This guy doesn't mess around. Yeah, he didn't come to play. He was like, big banks, little banks, Tyra Banks, I'm shutting you all down. You're all going down. And you can tell that Bernie's serious about winning because he didn't rub his hair with a balloon before filming this video. <laughs> He's serious now. He's in it. No balloon this time. We're going smooth. <laughs> now, if Bernie were to win the presidency, he would become the oldest American president ever. Yes, and I mean that literally. He was born a few months before George Washington. <laughs> but... But don't let Bernie's age fool you. This guy is as feisty as ever. Just look at how he responded to Howard Schultz threatening the Democratic Party. Howard Schultz has now said he would not run as an independent if the Democrats moderate, uh, nominate oh, a moderate. Oh, isn't that nice? 
Why is Howard Schultz on every television station in this country? Why are you quoting Howard Schultz? Because he's a billionaire. Yo, I've missed Bernie so much. Are you kidding me? <laughs> That's my oh, isn't that nice? Oh, isn't that nice? Because every other politician would respond to that answer in like a politician-y way. They'd be like, well, I believe Howard Schultz entering the race would be irresponsible. At this time, Bernie's just like, Howard Schultz can run for president of my ass. <laughs> so Bernie's in the race, people. He's officially in the race. And he joins what is probably the largest Democratic primary field in modern history. Just look at all those faces. Look at all those faces. Huh? You could have a different Democrat for every month of the year. And can I be honest? I'll be honest with you. One of the things I've really enjoyed so far is some of the scandals that have plagued the Democratic candidates. Because with Trump, his scandals are so massive and exhausting. It's like sex with a porn star, conflicts of interest, corruption in his cabinet. It's been refreshing to have old school silly scandals again, you know? <laughs> it's like, yeah, you know, old school politics. For instance, did you guys know that Kirsten Gillibrand eats chicken wrong? The lighthearted gaffe from a fellow Democratic contender for the presidency. This is Kirsten Gillibrand in South Carolina. You know, in New York, you eat pizza with your hands. Well, in South Carolina, don't get caught eating the local delicacy fried chicken the wrong way. Wow. That's really good. Yep, that shows you the difference between the Democrats and Donald Trump. Trump grabs the pussy, Democrats will ask permission just to touch their food. <laughs> do I have your active consent to put my hand on this chicken thigh? Can I, can I do that? And look, I don't think it's a big deal, but I do think it's weird that she had to ask, how do you eat fried chicken? <laughs> like, what other questions is she gonna ask about on the campaign trail? So when I kiss the baby, do I use tongue? How does this work? <laughs> so Gillibrand has a fried chicken scandal. Meanwhile, Kamala Harris is facing questions about her drug use, but not the questions you might expect. Well, Kamala Harris, who is uh, currently a senator from the great state of California, was on The Breakfast Club. She talked about smoking pot and the music she listened to when she was in college. Listen to this. Have you ever smoked? I have. Okay. <laughs> I mean, was it in college? Or... Uh-huh. What were you What's listening to when you was high? Uh... <laughs> what was on? What song was it? Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah, definitely Snoop. Uh-huh. Uh, Tupac, Tupac, for sure. Okay, uh, that's kind of odd. In 1986, she Not graduated cool. uh, college. But in 1991 is when Tupac Shakur ended up being so popular, and that was when his first album was released. So that was five years later. In 1993 is when Snoop Dogg uh, emerged. Uh, that's when his first album was released. So I'm not too sure that she remembered the musicians as well. Fox News is priceless, man. Because, like, every day President Trump will come out and say some crazy shit like, Ted Cruz's dad killed JFK. <laughs> and they're like, well, the truth, we'll never know for sure. I mean, nobody knows. Then Kamala says she got high while listening to Snoop in college, and suddenly they're the Robert Mullers of hip-hop. They're just like, <laughs> we've called every medical school in the country, and they have no record of a Dr. Dre. What's going on here? <laughs> so just to recap what the scandal is here, Kamala said she smoked weed in college, and then she said she listened to Snoop Dogg when she smoked weed, but Snoop Dogg's album didn't come out until later on. Yeah. But I get why it can be confusing for her. Because whenever anyone smokes weed, they hear Snoop Dogg. <laughs> That's just what happens. When the first caveman tried weed, he inhaled and he was like, mm, la-da-da-da-da. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's true, that's just how it works. Snoop Dogg plays out of a vape pen whenever you smoke, all right? <laughs> just like how you hear Kid Rock whenever you crack open a Natty Nice. <laughs> or how you hear Maroon 5 when you're completely sober. That's what happens. <laughs> but maybe the most shocking scandal roiling the Democratic Party right now is that Cory Booker is a healthy eater. First off, if Cory Booker became president, America would have its first vegan president. So is 2020 Democratic contender Cory Booker trying to impart his vegan, animal-free diet on the rest of us? He says that eggs, he discovered, do not align with his spirit. Eggs do not align <laughs> with his spirit? That sounds like a really classy way of saying eggs give me diarrhea. <laughs> Cory Booker's walking out of the bathroom like, you might want to give that a minute. I had a spiritual crisis in there. <laughs> but look, I don't even understand how this is on the news. I say if Cory Booker wants to be a vegan president, he should go for it. His diet choices are his business. They don't affect anyone else. Or at least that's what I thought. Good luck running for president trying to take away meat. Are Democrats really trying to take the White House on a platform of banning meat. He wants to be the most powerful person in the world, and he wants to impose his meat rationing on the rest of us. When you're eating a steak and you go, nom, 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 that is so delicious. What does, what does Cory Booker counter that with? So lock your freezers, save your meat now. You may need it. It will be very valuable, a great investment for years to come. <laughs> oh, man. You know, I'll tell you that. I feel so bad for people who take Fox News seriously. It's gotta be so much work, because they're always telling you, like, the Democrats are coming for your shit. You gotta stockpile a lifetime supply of meat. You've gotta stockpile guns. You've gotta keep your fossil fuels, your Bibles, American flags, Confederate statues. There must be one closet at your house that's just chaos, complete <laughs> chaos. Fox News is like reverse Marie Kondo. Just put everything in your house as long as it sparks rage! <laughs> so, all I'm saying is, Bernie Sanders, Welcome to the race, and get ready, because you'll probably be caught up in some dumb scandal in no time. Although, I suspect when uh, people do get upset, uh, Bernie, I probably know what you'll say. Nominate a moderate. Oh, isn't that nice? We'll be right back. been following the Jussie Smollett story. You know that a few weeks ago, the Empire actor said he was attacked by racist Trump supporters who beat him up, tied a rope around his neck, and poured bleach on him. But now, police have found two Nigerian brothers who claim Jussie paid them to stage the attack. Now, the police searched their house, and they found bleach, they found masks, and they found rope. So this is, like, the shortest CSI episode ever. <laughs> yeah, all the evidence is right there. I'm surprised they didn't also find a book called Faking Hate Crimes for Dummies. <laughs> Now, the police also took magazines from the brother's house. Everyone was like, why did they do that? Well, now we might know why. Investigators looking into the alleged hate crime against Empire actor Jesse Smollett are examining a threatening letter sent last month. The Empire star received a threatening letter at the Chicago studios where his show is filmed. The words appeared to be spelled out with letters clipped from a magazine. On the letter, it had a stick figure hanging from a tree with a gun pointing towards it, with the words that said, Smollett Jussie, you will die, black 
There was no address, but the return address said in big red, you know, like caps, MAGA. Did I make that up too? Now, a source told our CBS Chicago station WBBM, quote, when the letter didn't get enough attention, Smollett concocted the staged attack. For more on this crazy emerging story, we're joined now by our senior culture correspondent, Jabuki Young White, everybody. <laughs> Jabuki, you've been following this story from the start, and now that it looks like it may have been staged, are you surprised? I'm not surprised, but I'm disappointed. You know, this story's been weird for me, Trevor. As a gay person, I'm used to speaking on gay issues. As a black person, I'm used to speaking on black issues. But I'm not used to them intercepting, except when, like, Someone's like, someone's like, as a gay black person, do you think I can pull out these shoes? <laughs> <laughs> or like if RuPaul robbed a bank, that'd be the only other time. <laughs> that, that, that actually is true. You're looking at this as a gay person and as a black person. And I'm also a part of a third community that has been devastated by this. The actor community, Trevor. <laughs> because of Jesse, everyone's gonna think actors are liars now, which technically we are because like, that's our job. But still, you know? <laughs> And on top of that, I look like him. Well, actually, I don't really think you look like him. Mm, to white people, I do. <laughs> and hopefully, to whoever is casting the Jussie Smollett Lifetime movie. <laughs> because... This story was made for Lifetime, you know? We're still piecing together leaks from the Chicago Police Department and more reliable sources like TMZ. But you couldn't have written a crazier plot. I mean, Trump supporters who watch Empire, a death threat letter made out of magazine clippings? That's so dated, you know? Everyone knows if you're sending a death threat, you post that shit on Twitter. Well, Jabuki, I think you're getting ahead of yourself, though. The big question now is, like, why? Why would Jesse Smollett do something like this? Why does an actor do anything, Trevor? <laughs> Wait, hold on, let me do that again. Why do actors do anything, Trevor? That was it. Use that one. Use that one. I don't know why he did it, man. I mean, if he wanted to raise awareness for LGBTQ rights, he should have just donated money. If he wanted attention, he could have just leaked his nudes. And if he wanted to hang out with two guys at 2 a.m., Grindr is right there. Oh, okay, but, but, but here's what I'm worried about, though. Won't, won't this make it harder for victims of real hate crimes to come forward and get justice? Not really, because that would have required people to have cared about queer people, specifically queer black people, in the first place. Well, Jabuki, that's a strong statement. I, I think most people do care. Trevor, you clearly haven't heard of the gay trans panic defense. It's a totally admissible legal defense where someone can get a lighter sentence for killing a gay or trans person by claiming the victim hit on them. Wait, are you, are you being serious? Yes. No, in 47 states, including New York, someone could beat a gay person like me to death and then go, well, I don't know, you wanted to suck my dick. And you know what? Maybe I did. <laughs> but that's still not a good reason, you know? I mean, imagine if women could use that defense. There'd be no men left. None. None. And then, I don't know, who would be left to buy all the three-in-one body wash, shampoo, and conditioner? Well, some of us are busy. We don't have time for lots of products, okay? But, but anyway, this is, this is obviously unfortunate on so many levels. What, what, what is your takeaway going forward? Honestly, Trevor, I think that this is a teaching moment for us all. And personally, I've learned one really valuable lesson which is that actors should not write their own projects. I mean, this thing had way too many plot holes. He totally miscast the villains. I mean, two Nigerian Trump supporters. 
Like, you can't just cast black people as racist white people. This isn't Hamilton. <laughs> now, if you'll excuse me, I've got an audition to prepare for. I hear there's a new role that might be opening up on Empire. And scene. Jabuki Young White, everybody. We'll be right back. Get out of here, man. Get out of here. Welcome back to The Daily Show. My guest tonight is a professional NBA basketball player who recently signed with the Portland Trail Blazers. Please welcome N.S. Cantor. Welcome to the show. Ooh, I miss New York, man. I miss the fans. I love it. Yes. You, you miss New York, but you, you just, you just, have you left already? I actually did left, yes. Yeah, you, you're already gone. I packed all my stuff and I was, you know, six hour difference, you know, six hours. Let, let's talk a little west. bit about this. For, for those who don't know how this works, because it's very different like with soccer, for instance. I understand right. how soccer transfers work and stuff. But uh, as an NBA player, mm -hmm. one day you are playing for the Knicks, yes. right? And then all of a sudden you're playing for Portland. How does that even work? Well, it's a very weird business. Very weird business because, I mean, I was playing with with the Knicks, yeah, and then uh, you know I was just uh, with the GM and pre president. Uh, we had a meeting, uh -huh. and then in an hour, I was now with the Knicks again. You know, they told me, "Hey, uh, we're releasing you. Uh, you know, we know that you want to play." Right. And I told them, uh, "I wish them uh, good luck," and I just signed with the Portland. It's 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 also interesting because like like so I I I was lucky enough to go and watch one of your last yes. games and. Ness is loved by the Knicks fans. So people are cheering for you yes. to come on, but then the team doesn't want to bring you on because they need to lose so that they can get a good draft pick next time. That's what I understand. Yeah, I, you can do that all you want. <laughs> but everyone, no, because the whole, you have the whole of MSG going like, we want Cantor, and they're all clapping. Yes. And you're sitting there, we want Cantor. And like the guys that are on the court are like, what are we, chopping ever? <laughs> what are we, chopping? But that must have been amazing to have oh, that feeling, I mean, right? I, I just want to say, man, from the day one, the whole Knicks fans gave me a warm welcome up right. their whole arm. Not, not just the team, not just the organization, the whole state. So that's why I cannot thank the whole uh, uh, Knicks fans enough because uh, I was just see, sitting there and then I was seeing the whole MSG was going crazy. I said, right. we want Kenton. I'm like, you know, it's coming from the heart. So I just, I really want to appreciate it. That's amazing, man. And you are... You, you're obviously, you're, you're not from New York. You adopted New York as your home. Yes. Uh, um, and, you know, before you, you were leaving, uh, in your last game, yes. you ran out onto the court and you kissed I the, the, kiss the, the ground, yes. which is how I know you're not from New York, because... Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. No, no New Yorker would kiss the ground anywhere in New York. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but, but are you excited for your new journey now? Are you excited to be, to be living in, uh, the, the, the home of the hipsters? Is that, is that gonna change your style now? <laughs> well, I mean, uh, now I've got the, uh, I still got the New York style. Right, you know, I'm, okay, I'm, that's, okay. That's not gonna change, but I'm, I'm, I'm very, very, uh, very excited because I'm supporting the Trailblazers. They are about to make the playoffs in the fourth seed in E, in West, and they just beat the Golden State. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so that's I'm exciting. I'm very excited about that. Yeah, so here's what I find that you, you are one of the most fascinating people I've met in my life because, um, so Ines is uh, from Turkey yes. and um, you said that you learned English by watching SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> <laughs> you said by watching SpongeBob and, and second one. And? Or what else was it? And Jersey Shore. And Jersey Shore. I'm sorry about that. I'm sorry about that. What a strange combination. Well, so I, w I was in college, you know, I told my, I told one of my friends, where can I l learn like the street language? Right. He said, there's a show. I was like, what show? He said, Jersey Shore. 
What okay. kind of friend is this? And I, ju- and I just start watching. I just start watching Pauly D. Sunuki. I'm like, this is so weird. <laughs> first, first two months, I didn't understand a word they they saying. Right. And then after that, you know, I just started understanding. And then the next thing you know, that I was in a tanning bed. And then you. <laughs> I was in a tanning bed, oh. getting tan. You know. Oh man. And and the SpongeBob. Do you, are you just like like is that your thing now? You just. I just, I mean, I just, I, I mean, I was watching it when I was a kid, and uh-huh. just, you know, just because of my, it helped my English a lot. It was just something fun. I just started watching. It. That, that is like one of the strangest stories ever. Um, <laughs> but, but you, but you know, you are no stranger to uh, like weird stories that are out there. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the stories that thrust you into the news was when um, the Knicks were traveling to Europe. Yes. Right, the Knicks were going to go play a basketball game in Europe. And then it came out in the news, and S. Cantor is not traveling with the Knicks yes. because he's afraid that the Turkish government is going to kill him. And I was like, wait, what? Yes. And this was like an actual true story. Yes. You, 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 you've had your passport taken away yep. from you by the Turkish government. Mm-hmm. W- what is going on there? It's very sad because, I mean, like you said, uh, well, my team, my team and my teammates went to uh, London to play uh, NBA game against Washington Wizards. And, you know, I talked to the front office, my team, they said the best thing, you know, uh, that you don't come. Because they know my, uh, you know, struggles with uh, Turkey and all my right. problems with the Turkey. And it, it's just so hard that because I want to know with my game, but just because of all that stuff happened in Turkey that, you know, just, I have to speak uh, about what's going on. Right, you, you, you have chosen to speak up. You, you're one of those um, sports people who has decided mm-hmm. to not just keep your, your talents on the court, but you've decided right. to speak up. You, you've spoken about what's going on in <clears throat> Turkey. A lot of people may not or may know this, but um, Turkey is one of, if not the highest jailer of journalists in the world. Right. And you've spoken out against the regime in, in right. Turkey, against Erdogan. <clears throat> um, and that has put you at risk, but it's also put your family at risk. Right. Well, I mean, it's very crazy because I have a platform, and I'm using, I'm trying to use this platform the voice of all those, all those innocent people who don't have a voice. Right. See, people know my story, but there are mil- there are thousands and thousands of people out there that their stories, their stories are way worse than mine. Uh-huh. Like you know the, the you know his movement people who led by you know uh, Turkish Islamic scholar Mr. Fethullah Gülen, and not just them, the you know the uh, the Kurds, Alevites, and secular minority groups in Turkey. If you talk against the government or the the regime or the uh, President Erdogan then they think they're your uh, terrorists. Right. That's why they were claiming me as a terrorist. So I'm like... Yeah, they've labeled you as a terrorist. Yes, and then I actually tweet that and say, only thing I terrorize is their basketball rim. <laughs> you know? That's how you gotta put it. <laughs> you know what I mean? My man, I commend you. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm excited for what you're gonna be doing in Portland. I'm excited to see you terrorizing that room. Yes. And I wish you all the best, man. Uh, congrats on speaking Thank out you, for what you believe in. Thank, Thank you, you so much so for being on the show. And that's Cancer, everybody. Thank you, my dude. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Daily Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.